0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But of course, this week is an exception, mainly because we've been total shit. In the last week and a half, we lost 4-0 to Bournemouth, rebounded with a 5-0 victory over relegation-bound Huddersfield, and of course, in the most Chelsea way possible, a 6-0 defeat at the Etihad to Manchester City. Who should be held accountable? The players? The manager? The board, Roman himself, well, here, here to discuss that and debate as always is Andres, aka SS Blue CFC, and Mister ade Boys, despite the lack of cohesiveness at our football club, how was your weekends?
1: Dude, I, uh,
0: I, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, if, if this <laughs> that was like that was a cumulative like uh, I gotta tell
1: you, if this if this podcast was last sunday's game I, I know that doesn't make sense but stay with me if, if this podcast was this past sunday's game we'd already be down to zero so that's uh <laughs> like and, and we're only we're only a minute in um that that that that's just summarizes pretty much how i felt this past weekend it was just i got a little bit of hope in the first couple minutes but i mean just this whole week has been or week in past two weeks has been just a whirlwind of emotions and i uh I mean, I guess the weekend wasn't so bad until that match. But literally the past two days, I've been in a funk. And I mean, I don't, I don't know, Andreas. What about you?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where why couldn't this game have been on a Saturday so that I could have drank away my sorrows on Saturday, forgotten all about it, and woke oh. up Sunday a new man. But good point. Good game good on point. Sunday. What a way to freaking end the weekend, man! It's just that was gut wrenching. I, I. Say no more about this game.
0: I mean, my brother got engaged on Saturday, or, <laughs> or, or or Friday, Friday. So we went out partying Friday night in Las Vegas, and then uh, all day Saturday we were going. And then Sunday morning, I woke myself up at what what was it? Eight a.m. in Vegas, which is difficult to do. And uh, I woke up for about twenty minutes until we went four nil down and turned off the TV. And I still haven't finished a match. And I have absolutely no desire to finish the match. And I really don't even want to talk about the match. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing. is, like today I was like, oh, fuck. I really, like, do I really have to record right now? But <laughs> the nice thing is we got a shit ton of Twitter questions this week. Yeah. And we're actually not even going to discuss the city match. We're just going to discuss these questions, which some of them have to do with the city match. Some of them have to do with Chelsea's clusterfuck as a whole. So... Uh, I'm I'm just I'm just looking to let off some steam right now. It's, it...
1: I yeah I, I think I think I mean I just want to ask one question, uh, and I think it's the most it's the only real question you can ask about this game. I just want to know what the hell happened. <laughs> what what do you guys think? What what was the the the cause of all of this, Andreas? You want to go first?
2: Sure, man. Um, it happened. And it's the same thing that happened at Bournemouth. Our team gets punched in the mouth once, and the players just sit down and are ready to throw in the to towel. Simple as that. We're talking about, like you said, minute two, minute three, whatever it was. Minute four. The the point is, we get scored on. There's 80-plus minutes of football. Get your ass up and fight back. It's, it's that simple. Have some just – freaking cojones and go out there and try to earn it back but nope man city scored on us this is it we're not going to come back and uh sure enough four nil at halftime and let's be real whether we came back from the second half and a new team a new 11 we weren't going to score four goals on man city this game was lost in the first two or four minutes because we don't have that fighting mentality anywhere down this team nowhere it's it's that simple it's you can blame tactics, You can blame it. But if the players don't want to play, why even show up? I wish there was an option to to just walk out, just be like, "Hey, we'll take the three 0 loss. We're forfeiting. We'll we'll try again next week." Because yeah, it's that's essentially what they did to have
1: to play the full ninety minutes. Like, I, I would, I would, if I was a player, I'd prefer to just like end it at halftime. Be like, "All right, you guys won. Like, <laughs> let's go home."
2: That's essentially what they did. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was. I don't know what to say.
1: I think, I think we got
0: a clear view of how much the team regressed since the first city match at the bridge. We, we fought adversity in that match. We didn't technically play the most beautiful sorry ball at the bridge against city. We, we were good moving it. We were really good moving it out of the back and transitioning into attack, but we were sitting off of them for much of the game and, and playing this tight, compact, formation where they just couldn't break us down and then and, and we were hitting them on the counter and we actually had spells of possession because city was getting frustrated and they were getting tired and we're just seeing this team completely capitulate under pressure there is no desire there is no will and there's nobody in the squad that can fight back now this must be the most or the least reactionary Chelsea team I have ever seen since I even started supporting them. Um, my my main issue is that growing up watching Chelsea, we've had this spine. We always talk about it: Peter check, John Terry, Lampard, Drogba, players that have balls for one, but two this this never say die attitude. That's just pure leadership. And I don't see any of our players doing that. I don't see any players being upset at the situation and taking it out on the match itself. After the first goal went in, I believe, Rudiger turned around and immediately yelled at Marcus Alonso. Which, I mean, why wouldn't you, of course? But but just going off of that point, like Rudiger is the only guy who seems to be reactionary at all. You go into the press and you see Azpilicueta apologetic. You see Rudiger being apologetic to fans. He even approached a fan after the match, and the fan was shouting something at him, and Rudiger said, stand in front of me and say it. The fan shut up. And then, you know, Rudiger took off his shirt, gave it to a kid, apologized to a few fans, and got clapped off the field. Why is Rudiger our our most you know
1: our biggest leader,
0: pretty much? Our biggest leader yeah. right now. Yeah. And and and he's not even the one wearing the armband. I'm not questioning As as as a footballer. I love Dave. I absolutely love him. I don't think you know he should be replaced. I think he has a place in any system. He's just that good. But when it comes to leadership, he can't handle it. He's not going to grab someone by the scruff of the neck and say, "This is fucking embarrassing. Get your ass up and start a, a, a, and start playing football." David Luiz doesn't do that. And it's just the fact that we're not reactionary. When I was growing up, this team was always reactionary. Eat under eat under Jose Mourinho, his first and his second stint. Under Antonio Conte in that first season, when adversity hit, when we'd go a goal down, we'd adjust, we'd steady the ship, and we'd start playing football again. The fact that the team kept falling into the same trap over and over and over to concede six goals shows just absolutely no reaction. It's just fucking embarrassing on every single level imaginable.
2: Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think about saying this until you mentioned um, just how, like, the press wasn't working and, and how much we've regressed. Like, between this match and the last City match— Last City match, everyone was on the same page. Like Everyone knew how we were going to approach this. There was obviously a plan in place. And in this one, everyone was doing their own thing. Literally. There's there's pictures coming out of our midfield pressing high, but then our back line is staying at a low block. And we're gifting these half spaces to the most dangerous front three in the Premier League and expecting not to get punished. Like, there is there's a lot going on right now that it's it's a share of blame all over but there was no execution of, of whatever sort of game plan there was they were trying to implement it it was just awful it it was awful it was awful in in terms of attitude it was awful in terms of execution it was awful in terms of in-match adjustments it was awful across the whole board. And I think
1: I think the mid-match adjustments and also just the starting 11 selection there's something that should be questioned a little bit. I mean, Cho wasn't even on the squad. RLC, Christensen, Emerson, all three of them on the bench. Uh, do you guys think that any of these players could have made a difference if they started against City? Or, like, is their exclusion justified? 100%. Zach?
0: I mean, Which one? These...
1: They should they, they could have made a difference?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think they could have made a difference. I, I'm not saying that we would have gone out there and, and beat Man City again 2-0, but all the players you just mentioned are players that have something to prove and players that have stepped it. And this is the part that just drives me absolutely mad. All RLC Christensen and Emerson, every single time they've stepped on the pitch this season, we've only had good things to say about them. They have, they've really only done well. Christensen's last appearance, it was brilliant. He's growing into his role. He looks more confident now. He he played that he, – he he played an insane ball, uh, what was it, a week and a half ago or or two weeks ago? I, I keep forgetting to uh, – who was it? Pedro? That that beautiful – or I'm sorry, not Pedro. Help me out here, guys. It was, was the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalamatsu Another player that needs to prove himself. RLC steps into the side. Maurizio sorry subbed him in as a right winger in this match. Tell me why Jorginho doesn't come off. Kovacic slots into the Regista role and RLC becomes one of the three midfielders. Why is Callum hudson doy not in the squad? Are we really trying to keep him at the club? And again, Emerson, if all this hoopla about Maurizio Sarri telling off Marcus Alonso in the dressing room after the match is true, then we should really never see Marcus Alonso on the pitch again, <laughs> as long as Maurizio Sarri's manager, right? Emerson has to step in and he has to do well, which he has done all season. I'm not saying we would have won, like I said before. But this would have made a difference. Having another player out there, a, a, another player or two, will give you a nice little spark. Look what happened against Huddersfield when, when Iguain came in. I mean, he was he was brilliant. The players responded to it. Wow, now we have a class striker. Let's play football. We smashed him 5-0. Against City, Iguain was really the only person that was trying out there. Every time he got the ball, something was happening, right? Like he'd hold up play. He'd look for link up. There were positives from his performance, but I look all over the pitch and there was just nothing. The fact that these guys haven't started and the fact that Maurizio sorry, goes out into the press and says these players are difficult to motivate. I have trouble motivating them. You know, they're not buying into the system. They're not this. They're not that. Well, then switch it up. Why are the same people playing every single week, week in and week out? Emerson finally broke into the squad, had three or four decent matches all in a row. And then he gets dropped for Alonso, who has an absolute nightmare. What about Ross Barkley? Ross Barkley had a huge dip in form from October. Where has Loftus-Cheek been? If Loftus-Cheek is healthy enough to be on the bench, Andres, you said this. If he's healthy enough to be on the bench, then why isn't he starting that match? Even if he could give you 40 or 50 good minutes, you have to start him. You have to know. Your best players have to play against City. like It's that simple. And it's just it baffles me. Time and time again that Sarri continues to make the same team selection, the same substitutions. Everything is like for like. There's no adaptation. There's no changing things up. You look at Jurgen Klopp. Came in 4-3-3, this, this uh, heavy metal football. Yeah, he, he developed a decent squad. He made the Champions League final playing that system. But he had to change things up this year. Roberto Firmino wasn't scoring enough goals. Mosala dried up a little bit. What does he do? Changes it to 4-2-3-1. Look at Pep Guardiola when he first came in. How many different formations have we seen Manchester City play since Pep Guardiola became the manager? At least five or six. Three at the back. Four at the back. Two at the back. Inverted fullbacks. Uh, Freaking Kevin De Bruyne being converted from an attacking midfielder to like a proper number eight working on both sides of the ball. Amrik Laporte becoming a left back. I mean he just makes things work. He adapts the fact that we're not adapting is our downfall this season. It's just it's just so ridiculous to me how how, how time and time again we just make the same mistakes.
2: Yeah, and, and to touch on that, like I hate to bring up Pep again, but the fact that he's playing a left back in Zinchenko – or sorry, an attacking mid in Zinchenko is a left back and it's still working. Obviously, like there there's just – oh my god. We're just so so many miles behind the leading teams in this league now. But you're right, like – Christensen hasn't done anything wrong recently. Emerson has always played decent, if not great. Um, Loftus Cheek has been a shining light in the season in terms of our midfield. And Callum Hudson-Odoi's numbers are ridiculous for the little amount of time he's played. The point, regardless, yes, these guys are youth and inexperienced. But your typical 11, these guys that should know your system and know your tactics, aren't executing it. End of story. They're not doing what you're trying to tell them to do. And if they're not gonna do that, screw it. Put in the guys that are at least gonna try to listen. Mess up a couple of times, but they're gonna try to bring out to the pitch what you've been doing on the whiteboard. Like it's you just got to do something. You got to make some sort of change. You you mentioned it. Take out Jorginho if he's getting absolutely destroyed by athletes in the midfield. Don't su- out- don't suggest that to sorry. He'll be offended. <laughs> right, it's, Alonzo. The the whole the whole first goal. The dude's head is. It's like when you coach three little three-year-olds and they're playing with butterflies on the field. What the hell was he doing? Just casually jogging in field, like gifting the whole left side of our defense to Bernardo Silva. Like, those are the areas of the field that Man City literally like drools over. It's just such stupid mistakes from these players, and yet they get to start week after week. If Barkley gets another start after gifting, literally gifting Aguero the third goal. I I really don't get it. Like I've been defending Sorry about his election because oh, you know, Chelsea managers don't get the time, but dude, your time is running out. This is the time to make a change. Like, we don't know how much time sorry has anymore because of the history with our board. So, yes, your squad's not Napoli or the squad for perfect sorry ball, but this is your team. You agreed to go coach this team, like use the players you have. Simple I think
0: the thing that drives me crazy is that so I mean and I, I'm not I'm not an advocate for sorry to get sacked whatsoever. I want him to last through the season and I want the club to put out a statement saying that they support him fully. I'm all for it, but what confuses me more than anything, and like yeah, I mean I'm a, I'm a soccer coach, but I coach a youth club team and <laughs> we're the furthest thing from any sort of legitimate you know footballing side but even an amateur coach like me could look at what Sorry's doing right now and say why why is there no adjustments mid-match if it's just not working why can't you just sit all the players down in a dressing room go over the tactics go over the formation go over whatever you need to go over how you're gonna play the ball out of the back through the midfield how you're gonna get it out wide how you know when are your wingers gonna cut in all the, all that stuff why can't you just go through that with the squad and say look We're going to do this. We're going to plan to do this all game. If it doesn't work after 50 something minutes or 60 minutes, I'm going to make this change. And this is how we're going to tweak it a little bit. And that change doesn't need to be drastic. That change could be as simple as, all right, uh, we need a little bit more ability, more mobility in the midfield. I'll pull Jorginho off and I'll put Kovacic at the Regista role. Or I'll drop N'Golo Conte back and play with, you know, a double pivot with, with a true number 10. Or, it could be, how about you know uh, Hazard stops tucking in inside and exposing that whole left hand side. How about how about we just have him stick out on the left and, and and all the way on the um all the way on the byline to stretch out defenses, open up spaces in the middle. Why don't we bring Loftus cheek on? There's there there's no tactical adjustments. The thing is, it's not like we're getting you know close and we're staying competitive for most of the match and, and and we're right there it's not necessarily working we're getting absolutely crushed and the score line honestly I, I i don't think city was that great to begin with i just thought we were that terrible um but but city does what champions do i mean they they smell blood and they take it but a team like bournemouth tore us to shreds because we did the same exact thing we didn't adapt Halcomb after the second goal didn't go in holcomb sorry didn't tell the players hey let's sit back a little bit let's let's get really compact let's get really solid let's stop the bleeding for the next 10 or 15 minutes and then we'll build again but there's none of that there's no in-game management and that's the part that just drives me absolutely insane there has to be some some sort of in-game management right I mean i I feel like I feel like I sound crazy, but at the same time, like, fuck, like, fuck, I'm, I'm not crazy. We're all seeing the same match. If if three or four goals go in and a half, what does that tell me? One, the players aren't trying. And two, the manager essentially gave up. I mean, because that's that's basically what I got from it. Why not tell Conte to sit a little deeper? Why not tell Ross Barkley to sit deeper? Pull your wingers back. Set up a low block for five to ten minutes. You'll shut City down, just like we did at the bridge, by the way. It, it's not impossible to do that against this man because we beat him. We took three points off of him at the bridge by doing just that, by sitting off and managing the match. There were times when we pressed. There were times when we sat off. And here it was just – we were just pressing the whole entire time, and it just, just doesn't work. It it does not work. I know I just went on a little tirade, but a little side note. Psalm actually had to step out. Uh, and make a phone call really quick. So he's going to jump back in um, when, when he's finished. In the meantime, Andres, great news. I did calm down a little bit, so that's always nice. <laughs> um, but it's about to get heated up again because um, we're going to talk a little bit about Sari and uh, Roman's, Roman Abramovich's relationship. So Sari had something interesting to say. And uh, when he was asked about speaking with the owner um, in terms of his job security or his future at the club – he said, quote, "If the President calls, I'll be happy, seeing as I never hear from him. To be honest, I don't know what to expect. I didn't see my football at the beginning of the season, it worked. Now we need to understand the, reason, the reasons why it isn't working. It is not easy. Now, this is we know sorry's honest. We talk about it all the time. Is this too much to uh, kind of leak to the public?
2: Oh man. Yeah. I think this is so, you know, a couple of weeks ago it was, oh, sorry, calling out the players. He's, he's marginalizing them. He buried his own grave. I think this is really the, the one that could really get him in trouble. Um, again, sorry, isn't saying anything wrong. I think personally that Roman has due to his whole issue with the UK and not being able to come in and and all of that has really taken an out-of-sight, out-of-mind approach to the club recently. And it doesn't shock me that Roman hasn't spoken to him. And it also doesn't shock me that Sari is upset that he hasn't spoken to to Roman. He, like like he said, there is no, he doesn't know if he's going to be here for three years. He doesn't know if he's going to be here next month. Uh, the, the fact is, if you don't have that, that security or at least that sort of relationship with your boss. Like how are you going to know if you can try something else out to see if that'll stick? If the first thing they might do is just cut you at the knees and tell you it's time to pack your bags. I, I think it's very risky for him to do this. I, I probably wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have advised him to do this, but it does show a little bit from the fact that there is such a disconnect in all levels of the club, whether it's ownership to management fans to players, there's just disconnect left and right. And that's kind of what I took away from this quote.
0: For me, um, and again, Broman has given us everything, right? Fuck, we we we named a podcast after him. But it's absolutely criminal for me to own a football club and not have any sort of relationship with the manager or the players or the fans. To keep the fans in the dark for this long, basically, I mean, shit, I, I, I honestly can't even remember the last time Roman made a proper statement, um, but, but just to keep us in the dark for this long and to keep a manager in the dark this long, especially after you romanticized about playing beautiful football for God knows how long, because we all know that this is what Roman wanted. He wanted to play beautiful, attractive football. He brings in a manager to do that and has absolutely no relationship with him. That's poor management, isn't it?
2: Yeah, easily. I mean, it's it's strange because the legal it, – it stinks that these legalities between the government and him is affecting him as an owner because Mourinho had a relationship with him. Hell, mm. even Conte did. Roman would come to practice, speak to the players, speak to the manager, have dinner with the manager. like. I compared it when I was speaking, I think, to a friend of mine that he's like the Jerry Jones in terms of ownership with Chelsea. Like it's kind of similar how he's so involved and his involvement sometimes is our, our was our issue, but now it's the fact that he's not involved whatsoever. Like I mean, have
0: you have you really ever felt like you were in like I, I know you use the word involved, but me personally, I never felt a personal connection as a fan to the board or Roman
2: for for that oh, matter. Yeah, definitely not. And and and that's the thing. Like you said, everything's kept behind a closed door and it sucks because you see other teams and other big teams make these public announcements. Monchi for Roma is telling the fans exactly what happened in the Malcolm deal. And then you have People in the Bayern board saying, "Yeah, we're definitely interested in Callum hudson odoi Yeah, we're definitely trying to bring in young wingers to replace our players, or these players are for sure retiring." Florentino Perez did the same thing this week, telling, you know, talking about transfers and how their goal is to keep bringing these young, high potential players into the club to naturally grow them in in Real Madrid. And it's just, we've never had that. You're right. All we get is the the random picture of the chelsea flag that says like club update or club statement and it's usually just firing a manager we never know yeah. who our targets are we never know like this whole thing you mentioned it roman is is is in love with the idea of offensive football he courted pep for years failed because of his own issues of, of lack of a plan and here you go ta- putting a ridiculous task on sorry of turning this counter-attack slow defensive side into a offensive dynamo without letting him know hey we're giving you two full seasons or here's the amount of money we have work with marina for your targets like none of that th- that conversation obviously never happened roman went to italy to secure his signing and then he was back to russia or wherever the hell he is and hasn't done anything and, and it's it is very discouraging and you know people are saying are now trying to figure out who the next manager is I don't think anybody wants this job. I really don't. There is such a weird dark and toxic thing. Regardless of whether it's the players or not, it starts from the top. We we don't know where this club is going right now. We don't. It's it's depressing. I that that is how I'm feeling after this weekend.
0: I'm uh, I'm going to um I'm going to quote Dan Silver here, uh who was on our podcast last week. He said something interesting on Twitter that stuck out to me. He said, quote, If there, if ever there was a time for a Roman public statement, or at least via Marina or Buck, we don't appear to have any direction. We set the bar so high only to be overtaken. I don't want to become Arsenal and Blue and accept mediocrity. We used to fight for titles, not fourth spot. This is exactly how I feel right now. After every loss this season in the back of my head in my subconscious I've always thought to myself like man this would be a great time for the board to just go out there and say look we're backing this guy this is what we're going to do there's going to be growing pains we might drop some points along the way against you know in, in matches where we shouldn't really be dropping points but it's all part of a process we have to look at the bigger picture there is none of that there's no vision there's no desire Uh, at board level or on Roman's level even to express any sort of emotion to the fans show us you're angry at the situation show us that you're trying to remedy it show us that you're gonna back sorry or show us that you're gonna sack him don't keep us in the dark for all this bullshit that's going around because here's the thing We have become the punching bag of the Premier League this year. And you could argue that we've been the punching bag for years on end. There's a way to change that narrative. If there is more transparency in what the club is trying to do in terms of the style of football that's being played, uh, what what our goals are, what types of players we'll be targeting, that changes the whole entire culture of – the footballing club, but it will change the culture of the media. The media will stop being able to leech off of us, off every single story. Antonio Conte started our preseason this year. And that's something a lot of people forget when they go on Bash <laughs> Sorry because he didn't really have a preseason. And I'm going to repeat it. Antonio Conte started our preseason. <sighs> that is just – there is no way – That any other football club, top football club, I'm using my air quotes because right now I don't think we're a top football club, but there's no way that a top football club will let that happen. The manager was on, Conte was on his way out after the cup final, yet we kept him over the summer, we listened to all the rumors, we listened to all the bullshit going around that the media, everything that the media started we listened to, we fed into it, it turned into this whole narrative, and then the club let Antonio Conte start our preseason. I mean, I, I feel like that was like the new low at the time, right? But now I feel like we've hit a new low because what Dan Silver just said, There's there really is no better time for Roman to come out there and say, you know, exactly what we want to hear or say what he's actually feeling. That would be great. I have no problem if Roman has a different vision for this club than I do in terms of the style of football or the manager or the players, whatever it is. But let us know what it is at least. We're, we're just kind of sitting here thinking to ourselves, oh shit, here we go again. Another decent manager walks through our door and a few months later he's out or a few years later he's out because there's no communication between the manager and management. The board has little to no influence on the media narrative. I mean, it's just, It's basically to encompass everything that I'm trying to say is that Chelsea Football Club is one giant clusterfuck right now. I love this club with everything I have. And this is the reason why I'm so irritated about this. It's the reason why I started a podcast because I love football and I love Chelsea. But I have never been more emotionally disconnected to this club in my life than I am right now. I waited 20 – I was 23 last year. I waited 23 years – to go to Stanford Bridge to see a match. I finally got to go see a match. I saw Tottenham versus Chelsea in March last year. I was with Dan Silver. We got our asses kicked. I was so disappointed after the match. I flew my ass all the way from Los Angeles. Saved up as a student. I saved up money for a 10-day trip in London. Finally got over there. Watched us get killed by our arch rivals. Flew home. And thought to myself, you know what? The next time I go there, I think we'll win. The next time I go there, you know things are. The ship will be steadied. Everything will be great. We'll be back to where we were. And here I am sitting, almost a year later, actually eleven months later, and we are worse off than we were in that match against Tottenham. And what has anybody done to remedy that? It's just I don't know. It's just crazy. Sorry, Andres. I I I know I've gone on like a <laughs> fifteen minute rant, but
2: you're good. You're good. It's it's yeah. And and and this is and this is a good point to transition because the thing is the the issue that we're facing today didn't come from just this season. And it's funny that this is all playing into something. My father sent me this thing that's completely business related, and it's regarding. Kind of making a man, managing a complex change. And it's, it's, it goes along these lines. You need five components to make change happen. And those are vision, skills, incentives, resources, and an action plan. For one, if you like vision, there's gonna be confusion. Well, let me tell you, we haven't had a vision since we brought Mourinho back. And we sold off every single young player who was supposed to be learning behind the old guard to take that Chelsea spirit forward. The mm. vision was to bring those guys in, and all of them were sold by Mourinho. De Bruyne, Lukaku, Bertrand, Salah, I, I, <laughs> duh, who else? I mean, I, I, I can't I'll, – I'll try to, to go off the top of my head. I mean, David Luiz got sold too. Like, all these players were sold – then we got into that typical carousel of what about, managers. What about
0: what about bringing in top class players who just never yeah. really panned out? Like well, l- like Felipe Luis was one of the best left backs at the time. We brought guess, him in. He never lack, saw the field.
2: Lack of vision. Lack of yeah. vision. We we were bringing in talented players, but then we were misusing them. And that's my next one. It was the resources. When you're lacking resources or lack of the correct use of resources, you get frustration. And here we are talking about that. We had the best attacking left back at the moment, bar maybe Marcelo in our squad. He played a handful of, of games and was sent right back to Leto Madrid. And what did he do at the Leto Madrid? He was used proper. He prospered again. Morata um, was a m- misnomer. Sorry, he, he just didn't work. That sh- kind of happens. But I want to use Bakayoko as an example. We used him wrong here. Now he's at AC Milan doing what he did at Monaco. Diego Costa literally got pushed away because of
0: Because we didn't have a director of football to break the news to him or to tell him our vision. If we had a director of football sit Diego Costa down and say, look, we want to play this, this and this way. If you don't like it, you're out. Then Diego Costa would have a choice to make. No, no, right. We had to send out a text message that leaked to the public and we had to take a stupid ass cut price deal for a world fucking class center back that was literally in the palm of our hand.
2: Right. It's it's crazy, man. We we have the resources we mm-hmm. do cuz we have the greatest academy. We used to be we created spending to win trophies. We created yeah, we that and we spent over $200 million on complete garbage, eight players or so, who I think six are out of the club. The other two aren't starters and are on their way out by the summer. Some crazy numbers like that. But it's that. When you, when you don't use your resources correctly, you get frustration. Here we are. We just talked about our bench where you have hudson Adoy, Loftus-Cheek, Christensen, Emerson, players – that could make a change. The resources to play the football you want not being used. And the last thing is an action plan. And this is again going back to Roman and the board. We don't have an action plan. We don't have a plan. And when that happens, you get false starts. We started the season well, hit a bump in the road. Now we're off the railroads. We've given up on sorry ball. We've given up on the system. We're a bunch of individuals. Where the midfielders pressing high, the defenders are playing a low block and gifting all the space in the world. And now the sa- the manager is about to get fired again. Those yep. – all those things need to come through to to make changes happen. And right now out of those five things, we lack the vision, we lack the resources or the proper use of the resources because we should be using them, an action plan. And now I'm even questioning if we have the right skills. Some of these players are are disappointing so badly that I don't even know if they're the right people. So out of the five things you need to successfully put in a huge change – we may have one and a half, and people are wondering why Sarri is failing or why the players are failing and who's to blame. It starts at the people making those decisions. And like you said, a director of football would be such a God-given thing right now. Someone that Roman can be like, you know what? This guy knows football. I trust you. Let's make a plan. Let's make put it to work. But we don't have that. We won't have that. And that's what's going to bring us to mediocrity in the next five years. Those yeah, it's, those things that I just listed.
0: It's uh, there. There's a lot of different ways to tackle this this issue, but I mean, you, you, you got it spot on. It's the people that are making the decisions that should be held accountable. Who hired Mauricio? Sorry, it was Roman Abramovich. Who fired our director of football? It was Roman Abramovich. Who decided that we don't need a director of football we could just slide marina in there and you know this lady could close out any deal i think we're in good hands roman abramovich we're not the thing is if you have an owner that i'm not going to say he doesn't care because that's not fair to him we won a champions league we won a premier league what is it 15 trophies in 15 years i mean we can't ask for anything more but roman abramovich is sort of a victim of his own success here he's come in he completely transformed our football club he made us one of the biggest clubs in europe not just england and he set a bar extremely high but you you can't change your philosophy so drastically and have no plan put in place like you said if you're going to change your philosophy if if the club went out there and said hey look we're not going to be spending 80, 90 million on players. We're not going to be competing with Man City or or Manchester United or Real Madrid or Barcelona in the market. Cool. That's fine with me. Do clubs like Juventus go out there and compete with those sides? Maybe once every three years. They just signed Aaron Ramsey on a free transfer. Andrea Pirlo, free transfer. Paul Pugba, minimal transfer fee when they bought him. I mean, you could go down the whole list of of Juve's squad and pick out maybe five or six players that are that are damn close to world class free transfers you go to clubs like Real Madrid what they're doing now they're not spending that big are they I mean yeah they spent a lot of a lot of money on Vinicius but they brought in a guy like Danny Ceballos for what 25 30 million and look yeah, at him something now.
2: along those lines and then you got Bayern who mm-hmm. whose record signing Perfect is like 35 million
0: yeah Coco and Tolisso it,
2: yeah and it's and it's just because they have a plan like mm-hmm. they transitioned from Javi Alonso to Tolisso. They, tra- they are now transitioning from Robin and Ribery to currently Komen Campbell, and Nabry <laughs> and potentially Hudson-Odoi. Right. Um, I'm sure they have a plan after Lewandowski and Mueller. Like that's – I'm sure they do. I'm sure Timo Werner oh, is probably like already mm-hmm. settled. Uh, Hummels and Boateng, they've got Nicolas Sule already there and Pavard is on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, Lom left, Kimmich was already there. It's – it's crazy. It's, it's crazy that we had those things in place and we threw it all away for. And yes, again, you said it. We have trophies to prove for it, but we still threw it all away. Uh, there, there was no long term planning. And while we did get all that short term success, this story of winning a trophy and then not winning anything the next season isn't going to last forever. The way things are going, because now the gap between us and the top is getting bigger and bigger. I'll and- tell you, it's it's six goals.
0: That's how big the gap is. Yeah. Six goals in ninety minutes, and it it, it it it's honestly it's honestly a travesty because you look at our you look at our starting eleven. I mean, there's talent there. There's champions there. There's World Cup winners and there's Champions League winners in our squad that started against Manchester City, but there's something so poisonous at the club right now. It's just. That's the thing. I I said there's so many different angles to tackle this from. It's if the club let the fans know or let us know, or don't even let us know, let the manager know. Yeah. If we don't know, fine. As long as the manager knows, cool.
2: This this club epitomizes being a victim of the moment. At the beginning of the season, all of us were saying getting maybe top four in a trophy is a great season. Then we went unbeaten for X amount of games, and we were the longest team to go unbeaten across Europe, whatever. And oh, man, sorry, praise the Lord, he is the savior, and we will never have a great, as great a manager as we have right now. And then came Tottenham in November, and the rockiness started. Now we're here today, and now it's the end of the world. Why was that vision from the beginning of the season already changed as of now? Like what, what happened to that? What happened to, oh, sorry, needs to clean up the former mess. And that's going to take a while. That, that got thrown out the window so fast. And and that's, and that's the issue in a nutshell. Like now we're here. And, and, and that explains why all the things that we discussed just the past 15 minutes have happened. And yeah, simple, simple as that. We are as a club victims of the moment in the good and the bad and that is so sh- such a short term approach that we we're not going to be able to to catch up. We're we're going to fall to to Europa League mediocrity sooner than later if changes aren't made. But Question. we probably have yeah. Go ahead.
0: Is is as much as I fucking hate him because I think he's a shit pundit. Uh, Jamie Carragher said we're turning into Arsenal. Yes or no?
2: We're turning yeah yeah i mean i I think it sucks to say i yeah, I mean, right now, um we are turning into that because after this season, we won't I mean again i'm I'm putting worst case scenario here. we miss Champions League again, which means we have one less thing to bring players in because less we'll have less power. yeah less financial power as well as people want to go play Champions League. So those are two huge factors. Mm-hmm. We probably won't have the manager. So people young talented players who have seen what Sari's teams could look like are not going to want to come here. And then we might not even have Hazard. <laughs> let's be real, Hazard's gone. We we're losing yeah. Hazard and we might be losing our most promising talent, offensive talent too. So things are going from bad to worse. And and Jamie Carrier is right, like unless something happens sooner rather than later, whether it's that public statement backing the manager or Chelsea saying Crap, maybe this maybe changing this philosophy is just not for us, and we need to go back to like being defensive walls and and and fighters. Like one of those two needs to happen because we can't be in this ultimate lingo of who are we, what are we, because we're not gonna go anywhere from that. We're not gonna we're not gonna rise to the surface and honestly, we're just slowly, slowly sinking, and that's worse than just a quick death and, and starting from scratch
0: so i i, I want to move on because uh, we've taken up so much time but i mean obviously it's it's shit that we we both need to get off our chest i think this is like the best therapy but i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out a question this is from at nick Lenartson on twitter hey Super by the fan. way guys
1: i'm back hey how are you guys hey, doing there he hey, is all right hey, Sorry. hey I, so I, I had to wait until after you guys were uh talking about whether we are arsenal or not just so i don't have to be associated with you guys having that conversation i I wasn't i wasn't a part of it just to for the record what do you think some yes or no (laughs) i don't think he wants to answer that's blasphemy (laughs) come on come on man yeah it was it's bad but it's not that bad come on i like the loyalist (laughs) approach uh
0: i i I was just gonna jump into nick Artson's question i mean let's just give this a quick yes or no just for time's sake but Nick Lenartsen, uh tweeted us. He said, sorry to be or not to be. I get frustrated on how short time he gets to change things before people want him out. Does he stay? Does he go? But I, obviously, if he got sacked, it probably would have been today. I'll be shocked. I mean, today's Monday we're recording. I'll be shocked if it happens uh, before the Momo match. Um, but but But let's just, you know, at the end of the season, what do you think happens? Is he is he here? Or is he gone? I'm a little
1: back and forth. I've been a little back and forth with this because, again, I think the ultimate question is who can we replace him with that'll be any better, and then also, you have to understand that he did not build this squad, and if if we if we brought in Sarri for sorry for SariBall, ball, then we need to provide him with the tools in order to you know replicate that kind of style of play. I mean. I I think that the players are annoyed with you know the actual tact you know the tactical precision. I think that you know the players that we have right now. I'm not I'm not trying to you know diss on their ability because on most systems they're wonderful footballers, but we we just don't have the the tactical players that. um are required for this kind of a system, so I think you know a lot of times they're they're confused because they have to do they have to think about a lot of things going on at the same time because it's such a complicated system. So again, I I think giving him at least one summer, um, to try to bring in the right pieces instead of you know playing with the the leftovers from uh, Antonio Conte's time, I, I, it it just it to me it doesn't seem fair. Um, I mean. This has just been the problem that Chelsea has had. We've, we've, haven't had too much patience with our managers. I mean, two, three year stints. I, that's, that again, still, that's, that, that shouldn't be that, that reasonably. If, if you want to be consistent club, that's not a good practice. But, you know, even we're talking about just one season. Um, that's, that's, that's not, I just don't think he was given the right opportunity. And even,
0: was- even Pep said that even Pep came to Sari's defense and said something along the lines of, look how long it took me to get the team mm-hmm. up and running.
1: And I think, I think, didn't, didn't I, did I read something today? I don't know if, if, if any of you guys saw it also, but uh, Chelsea did talk to Pep before to try to sign him before he went to Man City and oh, yeah. requested all of these players um, and that we weren't able to, you know, procure them. So, I mean, this is what, well, what, well, like obviously i'm not going to try to compare pep to sarri at least yet but i mean it's any manager would want players to fit his system and he didn't get that and i think that a lot of the blame does have to go to the board you know i mean it's just i mean we i don't want to just repeat because we've talked about this probably almost every episode but it a change needs to happen i know michael imanollo he's available uh i heard he's a pretty good uh <laughs> technical director of football anyone who who knows anything about the sport just needs to get on board because right now clearly there's there isn't anyone there that knows what they're doing yeah i Uh, I, I, I, I wonder oh sorry
2: let me let me just hop in real quick on this i yes people are saying like we can't compare pep and sorry but You guys said it. Pep was being touted by the club and Pep told Chelsea three years ago, I believe three or four years ago that we needed 10 more players for him to be successful here. 10, 10 players. Everybody else has been pompous and said, Oh, I got this. And sure. The short term success came, but then collapse and it's happened multiple times. So maybe Pep had a reason to say that. And, that's that's all I got to say because the tactics and all that th- those are two different managers but I'm I'm am still sorry in just based on the fact that Klopp was given 5 years of zero trophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 5 years in counting he hasn't won anything and he and is he's a there. Uh, Yeah, he's for for one, yeah. And he has in those 5 years he slowly created an identity, slowly built a core group of players that want to play with him his football and now they're top of the league. And if I'm not mistaken, their whole starting 11 is under contract for at least another five years. That is vision and an action plan and execution. And the fact that Liverpool was able to do that after, like, just garbage under a few managers is the only saving grace that I have right now from not having, like, a complete meltdown. Like, Mm -hmm. I've seen it in front of me recently be done why is it so hard for us to, to just kind of look at history and say, damn, like, shit, okay, it's going to take a bit, but we could get there.
0: My thing is, it, it, it's kind of naive on on the club's part to pursue the best manager in world football in Pep. And then when he comes to you and says, okay, I'll join your club, this is what I need, and just kind of like shrug him off and be like, "Huh? no, you're going to do this our way. Well, Look what happened. He fucked off, just like the club wanted him to, because we didn't want to give him God knows how many players. And now he's at Man City, and he's putting together possibly one of the greatest teams to ever play in England. It's it's uh it's hypocritical, to say the least. We can't have the best of both worlds. We can't be a club that financially. Is uh, how I, modest because because that's what we've been lately at least we can't be a club that's that's financially modest or, or or stingy with the money, but also bring in top class managers to work with, you know the players that we have at our disposal which are the furthest thing from top class as far as I'm concerned. I mean you look down the squad list, guys like Zappacosta and Danny Drinkwater. What the fuck are they doing there? You know <laughs> you, you go down to the squad list at Liverpool and you see guys like. James Milner, Jordan Henderson. You know, I I I mean that's that's that's the difference. You go to squad lists at Manchester City, İlkay Gundogan. Yeah. You got guys like, you know, uh e- even Fabian Delph who's not a great footballer. But it's better than Drinkwater and Zapacosta. It's it's it's better than the players that we're buying at the moment. Nobody's going to want to come into the club that that, that isn't willing to to one bring in top class talent because that's what we're not trying to do anymore but a club that's also not trying to win because if we were trying to win we'd be a lot more aggressive in the market we would be a lot more aggressive pursuing our managerial targets but backing our managerial targets i get sorry hasn't won a trophy yet big deal you know
1: he, uh, he hasn't there's won been, yet. What, what opportunity has he had to win it yet? There hasn't even been a. a he put a, together a ninety something point season at Napoli. Oh, and you're talking about. Second. You're talking about. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about in uh, for Chelsea. Okay, never mind. No, no, no, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm saying okay, in general. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't. I
0: didn't have a problem with us pursuing. Sorry, in the first place, because I didn't want uh, what's his name to come in. Laurent Blanc. Good God. I, I saw Laurent Bloch's name being linked with us, and I was like, that's fine. Give us sorry. Do whatever you need to do. Give us sorry. But if we're going to bring him in, someone that hasn't proved himself yet, why are we going to – why are we not going to back him? Why are we just going to throw him a squad of players and say, here, bud, do your thing. Get us into the Champions League. If we do somehow turn this around and make the Champions League – and, and and make a push for the top four and maybe even like secure a trophy somewhere along the line. Would Sari be considered the greatest Chelsea manager of all time? This question goes, <laughs> uh, this question
2: goes out to Rory Jennings.
0: This is just like uh, it's just so uh, fuck that dude. I, I I don't I don't know what that guy was trying to say. No, but, but,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah oh, uh, Antonio Conte has won everything. Yeah, the same guy that got bounced by Galatasaray in the Champions League. But oh, yeah. we should also bring in Eddie Howe. Okay, <laughs> how did they do last weekend? Right. Like Jesus, yeah. it it, it, yeah. it gets to a point where it's just kind of ridiculous. I we do need to move on. We have so many more questions to answer, yeah. guys. This is just S- since I'm ridiculous. back,
1: I'll, I'll take over from here, Zach. you. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you for did it. a great job. So this next question, this I just want to go
0: back to being pissed off.
1: Don't worry. There's a lot. A lot of these questions will invoke emotion out of you. Um. <laughs> So this next question is from at de todo sixty eight, aka Luis Velasco, aka Andreas's dad. Uh, his first his first appearance. He, he only needs a couple more questions to be officially be uh, Roman's Empire Ultra. So, um, keep it up, uh, Mr. Velasco. So he asks pretty much the same question that I was talking about before um, when I, in my answer to the last question, who's to blame? Team management, not not the owner specifically. We would never, uh, we would never badmouth Roman on a, on his sh- on his show on the oh, show. Um, <laughs> fact, you know why we're laughing,
0: Sob? To... Because while you were on your phone call, me and Andres went on about a fifteen minute tirade <laughs> about how crap Roman has been to Are us in the last year and Dude, a half.
1: You know, he, you know he's paying us, right? Like t- for the for the yeah, name. Sure. Okay, come on, you gotta, we get royalties. You gotta, you gotta respect. Yeah. If you gotta, we ever
0: become a relevant podcast, he will definitely threaten to sue us for his
1: image and likeness. Uh, but good, good. Thing, good thing we're not relevant right now. So who's, <laughs> who's to blame? Management, the coach, or the players? Um, and I'll, I'll yeah, take this a I'm quick curious, one. Please.
2: Um, let's go through management. The board hired a manager, asked him to change our counterattacking defensive years tradition philosophy, but they don't reassure him his job will be safe as the transition occurs. That's the blame on them. The coach, we get it, sorry. You have a plan A. You want to perfect it. But you're also the man that said, oh, I don't care about the transfer business. I'm a coach first and foremost. So I'm not saying blow up the whole thing. But take some baby steps. Adapt. Because your players apparently are not ready for sorry ball. And finally, the players, and I'm taking one out of Zach's book here, have some fucking pride. Wow. Have some fucking pride. That dress is mad bunch of mercenaries cashing in checks right now. Nobody gives a damn. Nobody's trying to do what the the managers trying to do. And everyone's doing their own freaking thing. And that goes across the whole board. Like all 22 players in the squad, however many, nobody's giving it their all, I would say, to to get something done for this club. Everyone is doing their little apologies afterwards. Great, Rudiger talked to the the fans. I appreciate that. It's good touch, but nothing happened during the game. It's so easy to apologize. It's so easy to do something after the game. Do something during the game. Don't just fold the cards and say, "Oh, next time." And that's it. I'm gonna keep it short.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I don't think I could do any better than I that. Concur. Song. I concur. Um, so next question is from Chelsea Eric. Uh, he is an ultra for us. So what's up, Chelsea? <laughs> Eric? Uh, he asked, do you think being in all competitions is affecting the team negatively and not giving them time to process the, his instruction? Uh in in his opinion, in Chelsea Eric's opinion, it would explain why we we're we we're so good why we were so good at the beginning of the season and slowly have gotten worse. Zach, what do you think?
0: I, I talked about it last week. I do think there is a sense that the team only fights when there's something to fight for. and care about Cup being case in point. Um but that that shouldn't be an excuse the the fact of the matter is if none of the players give a shit in the league which seems to be the case because we haven't really seen i, I don't want to say all the players because you know guys like kepa david louise rudiger dave i mean those guys clearly care about the team right they they care about results they're great professionals but These guys are playing like they all know that they're out at the end of the season. We are not going to flip 9, 10, 11 players in the summer. It's just – it's not going to happen at all. And these players should know better. If you want your move, if you want to leave the club, play for it. You are the best advertisement for yourself. You're going out there week in and week out. If you really want to leave the club, if you don't care – Show other clubs why they should have you. If you're going to keep playing like shit and you're going to keep showing absolutely zero emotion or reaction on the pitch, then I'm sorry. Nobody's going to want you. If you think you're going to get your big move to you know, uh, an elite Italian side or French side or Dutch side or Spanish side, whatever it is, prove it. Show, Show them. Show your future employers that you're good enough to be – on that team, but yeah, I mean, I, going back to the question, I do think that there there definitely is an aspect of complacency when the team knows that they're not fighting for the Premier League this year.
1: Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: something
1: I mean, that, I, uh, just to add something that we don't talk about so much is I know we're we're ta- we we talk about the fight for the top four, but we still get a Champions League League bid. If we win Europa. Um, so I think something that also should be discussed is, you know, right now I think the favorites are Chelsea and Napoli. So how ironic would it be if <laughs> we play Napoli in the, in the championship game and sorry loses to his former club? I mean, Thank that would be... God.
0: Thank God, Myth is not in the Champions
2: League <laughs> or in the Europa. Europa League. I I just think, man, I get it that we're still in that. That's just such a risky way of of trying to get your accomplishments done. One bad leg, and you're facing the hardest uphill battle. It's it's risky. Yes, it worked for Mourinho, but a lot of things lined up for him too. He he got to play a very inexperienced young Ajax side. Like you said, we might have to play. The likes of Napoli, a hot AC Milan, Inter um,
1: Milan's in it as well, and, and yeah, I mean uh, there there Valencia, is a lot of teams. Sevilla, there there are a lot of good teams. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's it's not as simple as oh, on paper we're the best, but yeah, we'll, we'll get on to the next question.
1: Um, so next question is from uh is from Dom Conde at Dom Conde. He wants us to discuss the leadership issue on this team and the impact it's having long term on Chelsea FC. I mean, we did already address this a little bit. Zach kind of mentioned how really the only guy with leadership besides Dave is Rudiger and um, how much it's affecting us. Zach, if you just, I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything to that.
0: I just want to add a way to remedy this. Mm hmm. I understand that the club wants to bring in these younger players and they want to bring in, you know, uh, players that have some sort of resale value. The leadership doesn't necessarily have to be on the pitch. The leadership could be in the coaching staff. It can be in management. It can be the owner. We just need a leader. Like, like I know Zola's a club legend, but he's not a leader and he's not a great manager. I mean, if we're being completely honest we need somebody that has an affinity with the fans but also could earn the respect from the players on a leadership level not a mentor level because i think feel like that's what zola is for like i feel like a lot of the young players go out onto the training pitch at cobham and look at zola and think to themselves like wow this is my favorite player training with us you know or but there's no leadership nobody to grab anybody by the scruff of the neck nobody to cuss out the players in the in the dressing room nobody to to to to check basically Gut check the team when they need to be gut checked. We just completely lack a character like that. And I feel like Andres, you talked about it with Dan Silver. Steve Holland left. He was a huge influence on the players in terms of leadership. And then we had John Terry leaving. Huge influence in terms of leadership. I mean, that's just two instances in the last year that we haven't really replaced that are absolutely massive voids at the squad.
2: Yeah. Or Uh in the squad. I'll give my short take, and I mentioned it before. We had a plan of bringing in these young replacements, Lukaku for Drogba, De Bruyne for Lampard. Um, At the time, David Luiz was supposed to just stay after John Terry, and he was shipped out. Yes, he's back, but he was supposed to stay. We had Bertrand for Ashley Cole and Courtois for Peter Cech, and we we saw how that one turned out. But we had a core group of players who were supposed to be understudies grow through Chelsea's uh, lines, eventually take over. And they were supposed to be this new spine that saw former success that wanted to bring more success. We sold them all off and brought in new players. There is no proper Chelsea in the squad right now. That's just my opinion. That's
1: spot on. Honestly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Again, I concur. Um, So this next question is from at, Angry Chelsea fan, aren't we all um, angry (laughs) Chelsea fans? Preach. (laughs) So this comes from every single Chelsea fan in the world. Um, He asks, everyone in the Prem knows our left side is the weak link each game. Embarrassing, we keep running out Alonzo and Barkley. Surely Emerson needs to start from now on, no. Uh, Dave, also past his prime, need to address the fullbacks in the summer desperately. Andreas, I'll start off with you. I know that was a lot, but... (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do not want to see Alonzo start another game, period. I, I don't care uh, if that quote earlier was was funny and it was fake or whatever. But all I need is to rewatch that first Manchester City game. And, and that's all I need. This, uh, goal, I mean. Okay. That's all I need for that. You're a defender first and foremost. And you obviously don't give a damn about defending. I don't want to see that. Barkley, Barkley might need a hiatus. I, I think his brain is in a completely like wrong place. He was just maybe just trying to do too much. I don't know what he was doing, he, but he's still a toffee at heart. He, he
1: just wanted, he wanted to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to screw he, over Liverpool by Liverpool, giving, yeah.
2: Right. I don't want him starting either. Lots Sheik, chic or Kovacic in that spot over Barkley rest of the season. Emerson's been doing fine on the left side. I, yeah, I'm with him on that. In terms of addressing fullbacks in the summer, We have three young fullbacks in our squad already who are out on loan who could do a part. I'm not saying they're the starters. I'm just saying that because they're young, they might be boldable into what the team needs to do in Ola Aina, Reese James especially, or even Jay Da Silva. So some of those guys need to make it in the squad, even if they're not the starters. Again, we need to bring in a new spine of Chelsea talent that wants to do it for Chelsea, for the badge and for the club. That's what I think we need to start with in the fullback position.
0: Wow, shout out to Ola Aina scoring his first goal for Torino this weekend. He's having a great season, by mm-hmm. the way. But like like he should definitely get like a, a proper look in uh over the summer when when the squad joins up for preseason. But I mean just, just to address the question, yeah, Emerson over Alonzo, I, I don't need to, you know, uh emphasize that enough. Um Ross Barkley, he's just not good enough. I know he's talented. I know he has this potential that could be tapped into, but Chelsea is just not the place where I could see that happening. Um, In terms of Dave being passive prime, that rubs me the complete wrong way. Dave has been a scapegoat in this team for, you know, basically since shit started going sour. But it kind of fade in and fade out, right? Like it seems like there's this merry-go-round of scapegoats. And every time Dave's name comes up as a scapegoat, I I, I, I, I get sick to my stomach because you're talking about arguably the best right back in the Premier League. How, how, tell me, who is an upgrade on Dave? I, that, that, that's, that's where I stand on this whole thing. If Dave is past his prime at 29 years old, which is completely outrageous for a fullback. <laughs> who are we going to bring in that's better than Dave? I mean, I, I, I, I can't think of one off the top of the head to be completely honest. So that part of me, uh, I don't really agree. I know me and angry Chelsea fan go back and forth on Twitter a lot. We disagree on a lot of things. So it's all like, you know, I'm not shitting on you. Uh, but I disagree with you on this one. Like I disagree with you on a lot of other things on, on Twitter, but that's beside the <laughs> point. um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of left back, yeah, we need cover. Uh, we got Reese James and and Ola Aina who could do a job on the right. Um, who knows if they're going to stay within the squad. Not completely sold on Jay Da Silva, but besides Jay Da Silva, we still need another left back um, to come in. Possibly someone experienced, someone with leadership quality maybe. Um, but, yeah, it, those are things that definitely need to be addressed. I. I'm just so angry about the dave thing yeah. <laughs> I, I, I, I can't I, I keep looking at I keep looking at it it's just no <laughs> he's he's not he's not past his prime and and Dave is one of those players that when he's gone we're really gonna miss the hell out of him because
1: I, I've, I think Dave, I think he's a little bit reactionary from this past game because Dave did not play particularly well in this match. But Dave game.
0: also had 13 tackles in the match at the bridge earlier this season, and and, and he was actually our first like talking point of that match review was
1: sure. how great Dave was. Sterling just, just had him man.
2: spinning all game. Yeah, I mean it's it, it was just a reaction to this game for sure. Sterling was at literally made Aspie look like a championship defender.
1: If, yeah, but if, if this you was put the only Sterling match you against, watched this season, then you would think that he was past his prime.
0: But if you put Sterling up 1v1 against any other defender, right. then he's, he, chances are that he's going to tear him to shreds because he's just that quick and that good. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he,
1: he, burned he, burned he burned Jorginho, the, one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, Jules. <laughs> yeah, or
0: or one of the best assisters in the league for all the Jorginho haters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is the best assister in the league for sure. Uh <laughs> So this next question from at B oh it's Bone Daddy Cool from Bone Daddy Cool <laughs> he was spelled a little differently B N D D Y C L but uh, I was able to put it together. Um, answer this question in one word. Um, he says with this pathetic loss the talk of Hazard making his decision uh, t- t- making his decision talk has been swept under the rug. He's probably leaving right.
0: I think this could be a yes or no question right?
1: <laughs> I think the the correct answer is yes. Anyone? Goodbye. Does anyone yep. want to yeah. Run. I, I don't think there's any Run. I don't think there's any logical argument you can make unless he's just the most loyal human being and the all only human existence
0: Sorry, the, the the only reason why I could see him stay, I mean, like, I, I I I will I will never question his love for the club because he's just he's been so good to us, right? Right. I mean, the fact that he stayed here so long tells you everything you need to know. But I think if if, if Hazard stays this summer, it won't be because Hazard wants to stay. It'll be because Real Madrid is fully committed to bringing through right. this youthful renaissance, going after a twenty-eight-year-old winger who, I mean, let's be honest, wingers don't really play much past 30. Going after a 28-year-old winger just doesn't seem logical, especially if you're going to have to fork out a transfer fee of in and around $100 million considering Hazard's contract situation. I'm sure just... there's a lot
1: of clubs out there that are willing to use uh, Eden Hazard's services. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, but the thing is, he doesn't want to play for any other club but Real Madrid. That's the thing. If it's any other... Like, PSG approached we'll him over the summer and he shrugged him off.
1: We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, So... Last question um from by Swajit Palo. This Bye. is the
0: first tweet ever from this
1: guy. Really he just he, he made his wait, you're saying like he made this account only to tweet this question? No, or, no, no, okay. no no no oh, first no. First tweet this, to us. Okay, okay. This is his full <laughs> that would have been great if it was his, his first tweet. His first plot. tweet ever. He made an account just to ask us a question. So by <laughs> by Swajit Palo asks. Should the fans and board be a little bit more flexible and trust and support the manager? Just to give a comparison, look out what Liverpool and and City have achieved, or more importantly, what Klopp and Pep have done with their teams. Um, Can we
0: focus this question more on the part where it says, should the fans uh be a little more flexible? Because we we did talk about the board.
2: Gladly.
1: yeah go ahead i
0: know andres has a lot andres. to say about
2: here's this. all i'm gonna say about this because i literally just i'm gonna give credit to this guy on twitter at cfc writer he says Mourinho out conte out sorry out and then he posts a picture of a quote from albert einstein saying insanity is doing the same thing over and over <laughs> again and expecting different results oh uh,
1: yeah. we just got to find the right one come on there, there, she's surely out there Right. Uh, so
2: this, this could speak to, to the board and to fans asking for a new manager, but this could also speak to sorry to say, hey, sorry, we need to make a few changes. Right, so yeah. interpret it however you want, but this, is, this is Chelsea in a nutshell.
1: That was Albert Einstein who said that? Yep. He's, uh, yeah, he sounds like a pretty smart guy. I'm going to um, go out there.
2: Apparently.
0: And I'm just going to go out there and address the part about fans. Okay. Now, being a fan of a club doesn't mean shitting on them 24-7 it doesn't mean shitting on the players it doesn't mean what when things go sour completely turning your back against the crest no look if if this team turns it around this season I'm gonna get behind them if Marcus Alonso starts next match despite all the shit we've talked about and despite the performances and blah blah blah I'm still gonna hope that he does better I'm still gonna hope that he does well same thing goes for any of those guys, Ross Barkley, Kovacic, Jorginho, any of the scapegoats in the side. But if you're going to go out on Twitter and just post absolutely belligerently stupid stupid shit like sell all the players, they all need to go, we we need a clean out house, we need a new starting 11, you know, bring in bring in Tammy Abraham, and, and and bring back fucking Nathan Aké and you know uh, promote all these youngsters and, and Billy Gilmore and blah blah blah. No, that that that's not the way football works. And and and for one, and for two, number two, this isn't FIFA where you can go out and be like, wow, this guy Tammy Abraham has a eighty seven pace or eighty seven sprint speed. Whoa, maybe we should throw him up top. Eighty eight slow. It doesn't work like that. It it, it just does not work like that. But I I want to address the sorry out people. Yes, I get your frustration. I feel it also. I'm very frustrated with how stubborn this man is. But at the same time, he doesn't have the resources and he didn't have the time. Chelsea fans forget. And I said it three fucking times earlier on the same podcast while Sam was on the phone. Antonio Conte started our preseason. Not Maurizio, sorry. He needs a summer. He needs a preseason. He needs to assess every single player over the period of those two or three months prior to the season where they're preparing and
1: doing all their preseason prep and fitness training and whatnot.
0: He needs time, guys. He needs time. See, I think
1: I think you're right about that, about the frustration not being warranted for that thing. But the one thing that bothers me that really frustrates me that he does is his, his reluctance to play the youth – I mean, we barely see Cho out there. He he has been back for what two three matches, and again, yeah. you know, barely saw the pitch. Uh, I mean, I I, I I totally forgot this game. Did he he came in right? <laughs> Eventually. No. No, I, he didn't. Did he? I don't know. I, I, honestly, I didn't even finish the game. No, Cho, Cho
2: was not on the bench. I did not. No, I'm sorry, not second. Cho. I'm
1: sorry. I meant to say uh, off his Loft cheek. cheek. Loft his cheek, right? Uh, but still, I mean, like, it it, it and. I just think that is the one thing because you can't you can't make the excuse by saying that oh it's you know it's not like FIFA Modi can't go get these players because these are players who are on the team and have shown a lot of potential and promise this season. You know, it's not like oh I wanna see how they're you know, how they can develop. I think that they are ready to impact the team right now. And uh I've seen only positive. I mean, I know most of the games they play in is against lower tiered teams, but still like He's not giving them a chance in, the, in these bigger games, uh, which I mean, I guess you could you could argue that you know you don't want to trust them for these kind of games, but we're losing them anyway, so it doesn't hurt, you know.
0: Well, yeah, I, but that that's the whole argument with the youth that I've always had is. You can't have it both ways. You can't promote the youth and win trophies at the same time unless you have a really special group of players, uh-huh. which comes once in a generation. I mean, uh, let's be honest.
1: I mean, are are we are we going to, in two weeks, are we going to turn it around and, and beat Man City in the Carabao Cup championship? There's, uh, there, I don't see, there's no way. Like, I really don't no. see that happening. Yeah. So it's you know, like, I mean, yeah. what what trophy are we playing for right now? Europa but, League, but, maybe. But, but I mean,
0: Sam, you can't just, you can't go into a cup final and just throw it away and say, here
1: yeah okay, maybe I'll, that's Take that's our chance. last that's our last try. That's our last chance after that match. I, I only I only want to see players who are twenty three and younger playing, okay? <laughs> no, no one <laughs> over the age of twenty three is allowed to play. It's just
0: it, it it's it's it's just such a touchy subject because like I said, you, you can't have it both ways, but now we're at the point where just things aren't working with our experienced international World Cup winning champions league winning premier League title winning footballers god that sounds so fucking stupid when i say it out loud doesn't it <laughs> like this squad is so talented why why why why are we here right now but i mean at the same time we're dropping points we're not getting results and we're not putting in performances so yeah i mean throw in a youthful player there look what happened with arsenal this weekend i'm going to use them as an example as much as chelsea fans hate it you know uh hector bellerin went down And he's out for the season. They brought in uh, Maitland Niles on the right hand side, youth player. Got bedded in under uh, at at the end of Wenger's reign. He had an assist for a goal this past weekend. That was a pretty fucking nice cross. And he looks like a proper footballer. But they would never know that if Arsenal would never know that if Wenger never gave him his chance. Mm -hmm. And Unai Emery, who's an experienced manager, comes in, identifies that talent and identifies that. Oh shit, I could actually use this guy and brings them in slowly but surely, and now he got called upon because of injuries, and he's stepping up to the plate, and he's putting in proper performances. I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's working. We don't have a plan like that in place for Callum hudson Adoy to, to steal the words out of Andres's mouth. We don't have a plan for that. Guys like Loftus-Cheek, why are we looking for a Frank Lampard successor? Uh, I mean, let me rephrase that. There's no other place to look for Frank Lampard's successor besides Loftus-Cheek, right? Yeah. Why are these guys not being embedded in the squad? I know he had injury trouble and whatnot, but he got subbed in at right wing at the weekend. That should have been Callum Hudson-Odoi. Mm-hmm. Callum hudson Adoy should have gone on the right. Loftus-Cheek should have gone to left center mid for Barkley. Jorginho should have come off for Kovacic. There's your switch. But, no. I mean, the world's not perfect, right? It's just
1: yeah we're, we're far from perfect Zach don't even you don't have to use that word <laughs> believe me I, I'm aware of that um
0: I mean like like you can't write a book I, I mean I mean you can't even make up a story about how how poorly run the club has been in the last four years.
1: I, I should, could write a book it' be it would be too depressing to write I, I probably it would I probably... it would
0: literally be like one page long and it would say Chelsea win title. Next season, Chelsea sack manager halfway through. Ridge Chelsea appoint just <laughs> Chelsea Fans hire complained. Antonio Conte. Chelsea win title. Chelsea sack Conte. <laughs> like it's. Yeah. Chelsea hires Maurizio Sarri to change the entire philosophy. He doesn't do it in eight months. He's gone. <laughs> like,
1: it's just. How could he not do that? Yeah. It's, how could you not
0: change the whole culture of a football club had, the size of Chelsea? You in had eight one months. job. <laughs>
1: Go <laughs> <laughs> on, sorry. Okay. Jesus. So I think that's oh. uh, that's it for our questions. So um we'll, we'll get through this uh match preview real quick through uh we're playing against Malmo this week um round of 16 in Europa League at the Swedbank Stadion. Um so far Chelsea we've only lost one Europa League match to Genk through the qualifiers and group stages. That was uh, Malmo. Almo. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Malmo's only lost <laughs> one match. To... I was like, yeah, I don't remember this, uh, lo- losing to Gank, but, uh, but yeah, Malmo's only lost one match. Um, so let's uh, let's just give some. It's funny because I'm glossing through this, and I just go remember two weeks ago when we we like decided to rush through the Born Myth preview and be like, oh yeah, you know, you think we're definitely we're gonna get we're gonna get through the week two wins whatever it's not a big deal and then little did we know it was like the biggest smackdown um and little did we know that that smackdown would have been supplanted the following week with man city but uh anyway uh let's let's just make this quick any any predictions score predictions bold bold predictions zach i'll start off with you (laughs) <laughs> no don't say it man come no, on no. you know what i'm I've, had, gonna... I've gone through too much
0: i need I'm, I'm gonna keep this to myself my my real opinion i'm gonna put out uh an opinion for the punk just for good measure i'm gonna go one nil chelsea we we've really had trouble scoring on the road in the europa league um and i think it's gonna continue against mamo
2: um yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I don't think we're going to come in and batter Mamo. I really don't. I think that they'll we'll do it at the bridge. Maybe, right? Yeah. I think we're going to go back yeah. to our typical starting 11 for the Europa, so we'll probably see Ampadu Christensen, Zappa, Emerson. Um we'll probably see Kovacic, uh, Lotus Chic, probably Conte rather than Barkley. Barkley does not need to step on the pitch. And then we'll see, you know, the Giroud... Probably Willian and and Loftus and not Loftus Sheik sorry Callum Hudson Adoy just because Pedro played this weekend so I think that's what the eleven will be I think more of the same uh, I don't expect a reaction just because we haven't been getting those as much as we need them so it, I'd be pleasantly surprised if we tried something differently but I don't think we will it'll be one zero it'll be scrappy and yeah
1: I honestly would prefer like a one 0 victory. To like you know four nil sm- smackdown because if we destroy them it's just gonna give me false hope again that we can turn it around this season. Uh, I don't know if, if my emotions can handle that anymore. I, I, I want I want I want to be more realistic about the rest of the season. And if we smack down this team, I'm gonna be like, all right, see this is this is the Chelsea team that we've been <laughs> waiting for this whole season. I knew sorry only needed one more week to get it together. This is you know <laughs> this this is it. We're, top four uh, lot is a lock <laughs> uh, and then we lose my heart you know. hurts. Um, it's it's it's been a rough season guys um <laughs> but i mean i feel
0: i feel like i i feel like I'm fifteen to twenty years older now than I was <laughs> just the past, past
2: couple just the past six months i've done that it's job. just crazy because the reason why this season's so bad is not because of where we're at because we're in every competition and we're one point from top four it's just the negativity in the air surrounding absolutely every small bump, you know, like players don't want to adapt. The media just is already banning. Sorry, it's just it just sucks right now. <laughs> like if you put any other team right now instead of Chelsea in the situation we're in right now, people be like, yeah, they're doing pretty well for themselves. But because it's us, because we know what our true potential is and where we should be or what we could be. It's a pretty – it's crazy how how this can be so depressing when it should be more of a positive outlook.
0: I mean that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. Was that monotone enough? Did, <laughs> that was did that, getting like, through. I'm
1: not going to lie. Did that,
0: did that like get – do you think that will get through to our listeners? I think that – I think they'll was?
1: appreciate the – the, the, the lack of enthusiasm because that's that's that's what they've been accustomed to after watching Chelsea play the past couple weeks.
0: I want to end it. You know what? I'm going to end it on a high. Guys, we're one point off the top stop, four. Stop.
1: We're still <laughs> in the
0: three cup competitions. <laughs> I'm not counting the Premier League. <laughs> and that's basically all the positive that there is at Chelsea Football Club right now. But it's positive nonetheless. And uh, – yeah, I, I can't think of anything else positive. This just, is actually just, so, just so so sad. End
1: it, man. Can we just try
2: to yeah. keep the just try to keep the blue flag flying high in your hearts, guys. Yeah, just keep
0: the blue flag flying high. See you next time.